Hello, I'm Daniel. I'm a meditation teacher in Kansas City, and this is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. The teachings in this podcast are free of charge, but of course, if you feel compelled to make a donation, you can do so by clicking the link in the show notes. Hello, today I'm going to give a talk from the Dhammapada, the sayings of the Buddha. And this is from Gil Fransdahl's wonderful translation, okay? And so I'm going to give this talk. It's from the chapter called Vigilance. And I'm going to recite it and give my commentary throughout, okay? So, so first of all, that word, vigilance, that word that the author translates as vigilance. This is apamada. And sometimes apamada is translated as diligence, heedfulness, or watchfulness. It can be thought of as a form of energetic mindfulness. So we don't want to get call this mindfulness, although some, some translations do do that. Mindfulness is a different word. This is more like attentiveness, attentiveness. So that's what we're talking about here. So I'm going to read the first part of the chapter. Vigilance is the path to the deathless, negligence the path to death. The vigilant do not die, the negligent are as if already dead. So, is the Buddha telling us that if we just pay attention, we'll never die? No, I don't think so. I think of that old uh, adage, you can't add years to your life but you can add life to your years. You can't add years to your life, but you can add life to your years. So if we learn to cultivate vigilance or attentiveness, then our lives are more full. Our lives are more full. We can take more enjoyment from the good things and hopefully less suffering from the bad things because we're going to have good and bad things in our lives, right? So with vigilance, we can learn how to sort of decide how we're going to react to things and also to not function on autopilot all the time because that's what we do, you know? If you ever hear somebody say something like, you know, my kid was just in diapers and now they're driving, right? That's how I feel sometimes. Um, that's lack of attentiveness, really. That's lack of attentiveness and then the time goes by fast. So when we say... Vigilance is the path to the deathless. We're talking about adding life to our years, living a more fulfilled life. Okay? So, moving on. Knowing this distinction, vigilant sages rejoice in vigilance, delighting in the field of the noble ones. Absorbed in meditation, persevering, Always steadfast, the wise touch nirvana, the ultimate rest from toil. So, wow, right? So, we should be excited about this path we're on, I think. And a lot of the time, we're not excited about it. We forget that we are training ourselves to have better lives. We are overcoming our suffering. We are trying to live in a more mindful and awakened way. And that's exciting. That's exciting. It's not 
boring. It's not something we do because we have to or because we feel some responsibility. No, we are doing this to improve our lives. And I think we could lose sight of that. We could just be sort of going through the motions, sort of. We could be saying, oh, money, Padme, whom? Or we could be saying, oh, money, Padme, whom, right? We can be excited or we can be bored. And I think we should we should be excited. We should rejoice in vigilance. We should remember that we're doing all this for a reason. And this is supposed to do something for us. It's supposed to help us live more full lives. And if we lose sight of that, then then what are we doing, right? What are we doing? So next, after he has reminded us to be excited, the Buddha is going to tell us uh, sort of what the path can do for us, okay? So here we go. Glory grows for a person who is energetic and mindful, pure and considerate in action, restrained and vigilant, and who lives the Dharma. Through effort, vigilance, restraint, and self-control, the wise person can become an island no flood will overwhelm. So, we are practicing to have self-control. We are practicing to pay attention to the world around us, and we are practicing to really live more ethical lives. So, what do the flood... No flood can overwhelm. We're talking about the flood of our negative thoughts and emotions. The flood of our desire to give in to temptation all the time. Or our overreaction to problems. Okay? So, that's what the flood is. And so the Buddha is telling us, like, let's train in restraint and self-control. Let's become an island. If we don't have restraint and self-control, then what happens to us? Well, it's easy for people to manipulate us. It's easy for us to become unhappy too. So we want to really pay attention to this and really remind ourselves that what we're doing is important. What we're doing is important and it helps us develop that quality that we call equanimity. What is equanimity? That's that quality that helps us to not fall apart when things get hard because things are always going to get hard. That's not going to stop. And equanimity is what helps us keep it together instead of falling apart, instead of crying when inconvenient things happen or even when serious bad things happen. It's what helps us to, when a bad thing happens, we want to not have a mind that says, oh, why is this happening to me? But instead, we want to have a mind that says, Right now it's like this. What can I do? Right now it's like this. What can I do? That's the kind of thinking we want to develop. And cultivating restraint helps us. So, going on. Unwise, foolish people give themselves over to negligence. The wise protect vigilance as the greatest treasure. Don't give yourself to negligence. Don't devote yourself to sensual pleasure. Vigilant and absorbed in meditation, one attains abundant happiness. So does this mean we should just avoid pleasure and give up all pleasure? Um, Maybe some people think that way, but I don't think so. 
It's just to say that we shouldn't only think about pleasure. We shouldn't be so self-absorbed and so selfish all the time that we only think about pleasure, that we only strive to get more ice cream or whatever because that doesn't serve us very well. The truth is our desires our desires don't have an end. There's not a point where you get everything you want and then you're like, okay, okay, I'm satisfied. Happiness the rest of my life is here. We have to manage our desires because our our wishes and desires can easily go out of control. And also, a lot of the time in life, we think we really want something, and then we get it, and we realize we didn't want it that much. That happens all the time. And vigilance helps us sort of know the difference and really understand, oh, do I really want that, or am I, am I telling a story about how great it'll be? Do I really want that, or am I telling a story about how great it will be? And that's an important thing to ask ourselves. That's an important thing to ask ourselves. Driving away negligence with vigilance, ascending the tower of insight and free of sorrow, a sage observes the sorrowing masses as someone standing on a mountain observes fools on the ground below. Vigilant among the negligence, wide awake among the sleeping, the wise one advances like a swift horse leaving a weak one behind. So, when we decide to live in this way, it can feel like we're separating ourselves from the people around us. Because we're deciding to train in attentiveness, to live an ethical life, to learn how to really pay attention to the world around us. Well, that may not seem like what a lot of people do, right? And we need to sort of be careful to not, we want to lift them up. We want to lift up and inspire others. What we don't want is to step away from what we're doing because we're around others that aren't doing it. And that's not to say you should cut off your friends and family or whatever, but we want to sort of, there's a meme and I don't know where it comes from. And it says, I don't know where it comes from and I'm sorry, but it says, um, don't allow others to pull you into their storms, pull you into their peace instead. An aspect of what we're doing is setting an example. Gosh, I don't want to say that because that sounds really, um, really like an ego thing, right? And even, even the Buddha sounds a little bit like an ego thing. A sage observes the sorrowing masses as someone standing on a mountain observes fools on the ground below. Well, we don't want to look down on people. We don't want to look down on people. So I don't want it to be taken that way. But we also, we don't want to get pulled into their storms. We don't want to get pulled into their storms. If people try to bring you into drama or gossip, we have to rise above that because that doesn't help. That doesn't help anyone. Okay? So... With vigilance, Indra became the greatest of the gods. The gods praise vigilance 
forever rejecting negligence. Now, oh my gosh, gods, Indra, what? We have to remind ourselves that the Buddha was speaking to a specific group of people in a specific time in history. And these people he was speaking to, they believed in these gods, these Hindu gods. What what we would think of as Hindu gods. Actually, Hinduism was not created yet. But the gods of the Indian civilization, these people believed in these things. So the Buddha is using Indra as an example and just saying like, hey, the greatest god you've heard of, like, had a reputation for being really vigilant. So, you know, so it would be like if um, today, if someone who doesn't really believe in Jesus was telling us to practice compassion and would just say, hey, Jesus practiced compassion and it was good, right? And even a person that doesn't believe in Jesus could still maybe hear that and get something out of it. Maybe not, but uh, it's the same thing. The people in the Buddha's time were steeped in this this religious tradition in the same way that the people in the United States today, even if we're not Christians, we're steeped in Christian culture because of where we live, the time and place we live in. It's the same thing. So while someone could talk about Jesus as a teaching tool while not believing in Jesus, it's the same thing. Although, did the Buddha believe in Indra? I don't know, and it doesn't really matter, but the point is he's pointing to vigilance as an important quality based on or related to Indra, the greatest of the gods, practicing vigilance. That That is where the Buddha is using that to point to it as a very high virtue, okay? So that's all. Don't get caught up in that. So these next two are the final two, okay? Okay. The monastic who delights in vigilance and fears negligence advances like a fire, burning fetters, subtle and gross. The monastic who delights in vigilance and fears negligence is incapable of backsliding and is quite close to nirvana. So, the monastic, first of all. The Buddha was talking to monks and nuns in this text. Uh, that being said, in some versions of this, people switch it to the seeker, the seeker who delights in vigilance and it fears negligence advances like a fire. Um, so we don't want to get caught in that word monastic because we are not monastics. We are not monks and nuns. I don't think any monks and nuns are listening to this. I'm not a monk, but we can still take the same meaning. When we delight in vigilance, when we fear negligence, when we're not negligence, but we're instead vigilant, then we can advance like a fire, burning fetters, subtle and gross. What are fetters? Those are the things that hold us back, our emotional baggage, our attachment and self-obsession, our greed, hatred, and delusion. These things hold us back. And so the metaphor is we can burn them like a fire. We can burn through our flaws and weaknesses and show up as our true self if we delight in vigilance. And then the second part, incapable of backsliding quite close to nirvana. Incapable of backsliding. Nirvana is sort of spiritual enlightenment. 
and incapable of backsliding. So he's saying, if we really take this seriously, and if we really do it, then if we really delight in vigilance for real, then we're not going to fall backwards. We're only going to grow as people. But we have to really take it seriously. We have to really take it seriously. So that is the teaching on vigilance from the Dhammapada. And I really hope that this talk has been helpful. Thank you for listening and have a good day.